You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Pleased to be joined by our good friend Teron Davenport from FootballGamePlan.com. Teron, always a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. History tells us the last running back who went with the number one overall pick, 1995, Kijana Carter, wound up in Cincinnati. So it's a quarterback-driven league, but if we're just looking at pure talent, could you argue Saquon Barkley, coming out of Penn State, is the most talented player in this draft? Yeah, I think Saquon is probably the most talented player in this draft. And the Browns, they're in an ideal situation where they have pick one and pick four. And I'm one of few who feel this way, but I don't think that they need to replace Deshaun Kaiser. You know, I think they need to show patience with the young quarterback. So at number one, you could add a weapon like Saquon Barkley that could impact the passing game as well as obviously the running game. And then at number four, you're in prime real estate. You're going to have teams trying to move up to get one of those quarterbacks, you know, and you could trade back and add more quality players to uh, a team that needs a lot of quality players. So, yeah, Saquon's the best guy in this draft. Um, Just you look at the package, returning the ball, uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. He can move over to the slot and run routes from there, and obviously he's a tremendous running back overall. So Saquon, yeah, for sure, he's the top guy. Majority of the time, the things that truly make sense are the things that normally never happens because that's, that'd be a, to me, it'd be the best situation for the Cleveland Browns because now they can start building in the right way as opposed to doing the crazy stuff they've been doing with getting quarterbacks. But tell me about Lamar Jackson and give me your, your honest assessment on how things may look moving forward to when they start working out. Yeah, you know, um, the situation with Lamar Jackson is interesting because he's a guy that you have some some people say, well, you know, you want to keep uh, the ball in a guy like that. You want to keep the ball in his hands, so you want to move him to receiver. I mean, last time I checked, the only player to touch the ball every single snap is the quarterback. So the whole idea of moving him from quarterback to receiver is absurd. And when you look at Lamar, I mean, you're getting the total package. He can, I mean, obviously his accuracy needs to improve, but he can impact the game from the pocket. He's one of the best deep ball passers in college football. And I think when I look at him, you look at the progression that he's made each year, and he's become a better, better passer. And I think you put him in a situation like with the Saints, or you put him, you know, with, with a team that, that runs, you know, a, an offense that maximizes the quarterback, you know, his ability just to be a playmaker, period. I think he's an he's a, a excellent prospect for that. As far as what he'll do um, this week, I'll be honest with you, I hope he doesn't run well. I, I hope that, you know, he doesn't test well because I don't want teams to continue to, to – fuel this whole thing about him being switched to a different position. But that being said, in my book, he's a first-round quarterback. Uh, He's right there with Josh Rosen as far as the the best two quarterbacks in this draft class. And that's just my opinion. But I love the way he throws a deep ball. He impacts the game. And as a defensive coordinator, you have to, you know, worry about so many things with him. Your defensive linemen have to be more disciplined as far as maintaining the, the uh, rushing lanes and not giving them that gap to run. Because, I mean, think about it. And, Cordell, you did it. You know, it's third and 12. A defense plays the, the perfect defense. It covers everybody. The quarterback takes off and runs for a 13-yard gain. That's deflating to a defense. So, for me, I like the way he can impact the game that way.
Talking combine with Teron Davenport from footballgameplan.com. When you reference your top quarterbacks, I noticed you did not mention Sam Darnold. So what's your evaluation of him? I can understand the USC quarterback not wanting to throw an Indy because I don't think he has much to gain. But do you think that's a red flag in any way? Uh, you always want to see your guy that's going to be the, the one that all the competition emanates, you know, comes from. You want to see him compete. But, I mean, I'm not going to knock him for that. I think it just puts a lot of pressure on his pro day. For me, when I look at a guy like Sam Bradford, or excuse me, he said Sam Bradford, he reminds me of Bradford, to be honest with you, where he makes some throws that, you know, Sam Darnold, that is, makes some throws that will have you like, wow, this is the guy I need to have running my offense. But then he'll make some throws that you just shake your head at. He's careless with the football, and I think that's the issue with him. And uh, because he could throw the ball so well, I think he's one of the guys that needs to be here throwing to reinforce those throws that, you know, have really stood out while he was in at USC. Give me your take on this, on Calvin Ridley. I mean, he's one of the most athletic receivers, let alone players in this game, because his escapability after catching the football and getting the yards after the catch. Give me your take on where he may go, because the last time we saw Alabama receiver go in the game into the National Football League, it was Julio Jones, and he was extremely impactful. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I look at Calvin Ridley, you know, I don't see how he drops past, I think it's 16, where the Ravens pick. And you got Ozzy Newsom. This is his last hurrah. And we know that he loves those Alabama guys. And, and Lord knows Baltimore Ravens need wide receivers. So when you get a guy with the polish that, that Ridley has, I mean, he came in and was impactful from the start. And he's a polished receiver, a lot like Amari Cooper as far as, you know, not the fastest guy, not the quickest guy, but just runs precise routes and understands the, the receiver position, you know, spacing and, and how to sell your routes. And, as you mentioned, making plays after the catch. I think that he's the top receiver. I don't see how he falls past 16, to be honest with you. Ron, where do you come down on Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming? You know the pros and cons. Big body, big arm, but he was wildly inaccurate. Could even get to 60% when we're talking about completion percentage playing in the Mountain West. You know, what did Mike Singletary say back when he was with the 49ers? I want winners. And I, I'm sorry, I just, I, I don't, when I look at Josh Allen, I don't see a winner. And this is a guy who was on the field with, with lesser talent and still had the results that he had. And I, I really, you know, challenge anyone to go back and watch the game against San Diego State, not this year, but the previous year, DeMonte Casey victimized him two times and he was not able to elevate that team to a, a, a conference championship. And, and those are the things that I don't like about Josh Allen. But at the same time, he has a huge arm. Now, I'm not sure how much use uh, a, a huge arm is if you can't place the ball properly. So that's something that he's going to really have to show. Uh, he, he fits the bill, you know, where he's, he's bigger, you know, and he, he stands in the pocket and delivers the ball. He has some athleticism, but I, I just he's not in, in my top three as far as quarterbacks are concerned, uh, I think it's definitely a gamble. Uh, we've seen these gambles work out. We've seen them not work out. So we'll see what happens with them. How about Baker Mayfield? Does his brash approach, does his, you know, I can prove you wrong by not getting a scholarship to Texas Tech and Oklahoma become a Heisman Trophy winner, does that brash and that, that desire to be good and to prove you wrong, does that transcend to being a decent quarterback in the National Football League? 
Yeah, you know what? I was just talking about Baker Mayfield, and he's so I love that about him. I love the chip that he has on his shoulder. I love the moxie that he has. Now, it has to be in the right situation, whereas you have to have the right group of guys who are going to respond to that. But, uh, I mean, look, if you, you get him in the offense with quick reads and, you know, occasional deep shots, I think he could really excel for a team. But it's just, you know, there are some things that are kind of going – Un, unnoticed, you know, just being swept under the rug when you talk about some, some background issues, some character issues that happened before this past season. But I, I think that he's he's a really good fit for a team like the Jets. You know, I think that moxie, that, that, that charisma will really transfer well into the New York media uh, environment, and I think he will fit with that team as well. So I think it will move to the next level, and I think it's something that you know, particular guys will feed off. You know, you want a guy that, that is your leader. You want a guy that has that chip. You want a guy that has that edge. And like I said, that's something that, that you'll be able to feed off and you'll love his confidence. And that will actually make you confident, more confident as well. Teron Davenport, footballgameplan.com is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Teron, last one for me. You referenced Josh Rosen. He's got a polarizing personality. Some teams might like that. Other teams might stay away. But are you concerned about his history of injuries with the Bruins? He got beat up throughout his college career. Yeah, he got beat up. But that's because he was behind a suspect offensive line. You know, your body can only take so much of a pounding. I like Josh Rosen. I I think he's... He's going to be fine in the league, if you ask me. I, I I like everything he brings to the table, and you know, um, he, he's a he's a really good quarterback. He's probably my top quarterback in this class. You know, he or or Lamar Jackson. So I, I think he'll be fine. When you look at these quarterbacks that may have a chance to go in the top five to maybe top eight spots, you know, it's very rare that these guys that come in at that time with these teams that are so bad, especially teams like the Cleveland Browns, and so many say, oh, he has this talent. Oh, he has this capability. Oh, look at how he's releases. It's just, it's just prolific. It's just perfect. But then they get to the National Football League and it doesn't work. Is it because sometimes um, it's just people are overreacting to maybe grabbing a player and the team is not good enough to allow this player to really transcend into being something good because the talent is good in the player, but the team is horrible. Yeah, I, I think the placing of a prospect is equally as important as his talent in my book. I mean, you could get a guy, you know, that has all these good traits, but if you don't put him in a situation where he could showcase it and utilize it, what good is it? having those traits. So, yeah, for me, it's it's key to be in the right situation. I think a perfect example, frankly, is, is the team that I cover, the Eagles. I mean, you look, Carson Wentz was put in a situation where they, you know, initially they moved the pocket. They allowed him to get comfortable making plays on the run. They allowed him to have, you know, easier reads. Uh, they, they, they simplified everything for him, and, and he had a decent season as a rookie outstanding season as a second-year player. And I think that's really, you know, the scheme is, is very important. Doug Peterson and that staff put together a brilliant scheme. You have a guy like Nick Foles who has ability, but you have him going on one of the best postseason runs in the last 10 years, you know, and being Super Bowl MVP. So for me, placement is key. you, you got to be in the right situation. And I, I think you could look at 
some quarterbacks in, in the past that, that weren't in a good situation. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, for example, off the field stuff aside, was not in a good situation with that offense, you, you know, when he was last with the 49ers, and he wasn't allowed to excel. So you have to put a guy in, in a environment, you have to put him in, in a, a playbook that will, you know, really showcase him. Ron, we appreciate the information. Thanks for joining us again today on the NFL on TuneIn. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.